In the summer of 2016, a mysterious locked book appeared online, promising to reveal the magical secrets held inside if someone could solve the 16 puzzles required to open it. A year later, the book is open, and the adventure that thousands of readers embarked on to unlock it is becoming a book of its own. This is the story of how that adventure came to be. This is the making of the Monarch Papers. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Episode 7 of The Making of the Monarch Papers. I am CJ Bernstein, and I am here with my friend and compatriot, Simon Aerosmith. Hey. <laughs> you were waiting to go to say that. I was like, oh, I should probably say hello. Hello. <laughs> um, so I want to preface this by uh, saying that we... We took so long in between episode six and seven because we've been busy in the holidays and this and that. Were there holidays in between? We I had a, so. mid- a mid-season break. <laughs> yeah, we had a mid-season break. It was a cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> um, and because it was so long, we forgot which episode we left off on and nearly recorded another uh, Fragment Six episode. Nearly. But we didn't. Nearly. I would have. I came with my notes and prepared and everything. And then Simon at like four in the morning said, you, here's the here's the MP3 of the episode we've already done. Uh, produced so, it. It's done. So, yeah. So we may be a little overwhelmed right now. Um, wow. It's it's funny. As I was reading the recap and putting together my notes for the second episode six, I kept thinking, I feel like we've I feel like maybe we accidentally overlapped and we must have said some of this in fragment five. Um, But today we're talking about Fragment 7, and Fragment 7, behind the scenes, uh, was called the Triptych Puzzle. Yeah. (laughs) Because it was. Because it was the Triptych. And the reason behind that was because it was a triptych. Uh, It (laughs) was was... so inventive (laughs) and clever and really, really smart with all that language stuff. (laughs) This was called Operation Triptych, and because it was a triptych. Um, so there were these rings on the on the pages on um, Sullivan's journal, and they had strange entries that uh, were about. Uh, so readers were learning that Sullivan had created a spell to protect Deirdre, and that's why sort of magic and things bounced off of her, and she was having a hard time reading the journal. And then also there were clues within it that would lead them to four books. Um, that would have uh, that would prove useful on the at the end of this fragment. Yes. Do you re- recall that? That's a vague. I can I can remember study in Scarlet. Yes. Um, um, that's uh, that's call, all I remember. Call of the Call of the Wild. Yeah. Yes. Um, but the, yeah, the idea the idea was that the four books when you took when you got those they spelt out Morgan Library the parts of them. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. I was particularly proud of this thing we came yeah. up with. More Gansu Lie Briarly. Yeah. Those were four locations. That's right. That's there it. were four map locations that led them to, and it was more Gansu. So how, okay, so how did they get to those four locations? Lie Briarly. I was hoping you weren't going to ask that. And <laughs> it just seemed like we knew. Um, I don't remember. I don't there was remember. something to do with... Uh, <laughs> there was... <laughs> information just in... i'm gonna i'm gonna give you the like pad pantomime like okay. just keep stretching uh, there were bits <laughs> when they 
how so I mean I, I don't get it. How did that how did so I think there were the there were numbers involved. Like there was a, so there was the red letter scarlet and someone said, Oh the scar no not scarlet letter, but no, study in scarlet. Uh, study in scarlet, call of the wild, uh the red badge of courage. Oh yeah, we were doing oh, and, colors and, and uh, love and friendship. Hmm. Right. And so then there were numbers and things. Oh, it was insane this puzzle. Yeah. Remember it they had to break down all the letters. I had created this document and I checked it a hundred times to make sure it was right because it was so finicky. They had to get it perfect where they would take passages from <gasps> the these stories. Yeah, yes. and break it down letter by letter and it would yes, be yes, like yes, skip yes. skip seventeen E's and then find you know. That was insane. I completely forgot about that. And then it would give them, I think, coordinates. Uh, the the map, the performance, the, the plan, the floor plan, had a code written on it, didn't it? It had the yes. UTM code, which was oh, the location the... code. And then I think, was was it the ISBN oh. of the books or something that gave them? No, the no, no. It, but it, you're right. We did. We rewarded them with UTM codes, and so the Crimson Hall was one of them. The Crimson Hall where Cagliostro was going to perform, and and he gave to Lauren to set up where people would be seated. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I feel bad very... because we're we're not explaining this to anyone to people who do know. <laughs> yeah. So what you need to know is that there was a puzzle. And it was so good. The puzzle involved literary works of fiction and therefore map coordinates. And those map coordinates gave you more Gamsu, Gamsu Lai, Briley. Lai Briley, which gave you the Morgan Library. Hey. Yes, yes. <laughs> and um, I remember this being a particularly difficult puzzle for the Mountaineers. Um, I for think the because yeah, I mean, it's a pretty <laughs> difficult puzzle for us too. I think it's a god. If you guys had a hard time solving it, imagine how, it, how hard it was to come up with yeah, it in the first place. Right. There are some of these puzzles where uh, to to they're all we tried our best to make them logic puzzles so that once you understood the rules, you could figure it out. Yeah. But there were times when, we, like, for example, this puzzle, if we, you were given the rules ahead of time, because there were, we did this a lot where the, the puzzle was broken down into multiple parts. And so we had to be careful because if you understood fully the logic in the beginning and we didn't have a roadblock to give you more information later, you could like tumble right through it and solve Just all do of it. it. Yeah. Uh, and, so, and so we had to inst- install these roadblocks so that the journal would reveal itself and would reveal a new clue, not give them all to you at once. Um, and so, so then it, it, they knew that the journal, the next volume, oh, the other Ackerley Green book, um, which was The Wolf in the Wild, was oh, going that, to be at the Morgan Library. That's the book they oh, were looking okay, for. Yeah, yeah. And, and hidden inside of it was the spell that Sullivan cast with his old coven to protect Deirdre from magic. But by performing that spell again, because his will to like also let her explore and experience things was also hidden inside that spell. And is this, is is it the spell that caught the library on fire? Or was that, well, was that Lauren? That was Lauren. Okay. (laughs) That was Lauren. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) So, so behind the scenes of that, I was all geared up for <clears throat> the Morgan Library with Cole to be another um, live, event. Uh, live day, yeah. live event. And a week before, um, I saw that there is no photography and no video allowed 
in the Morgan Library. <laughs> We've been caught like that before. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so I wanted to do sort of like we did at the end of phase one where you could watch Cole go through the library and things would happen. And what was cool about that is with that week out, we realized we couldn't do the things we wanted to do, but sort of... Um, what is that? For? I'm going to say, if I was about to say a, an idiom, but I, in my mind, I couldn't remember if I had it right. And so I decided not to say it. Necessity is the mother of invention. That's, that's right. That's yes. right. Yeah, well done. <laughs> and, so, and so it was like, oh my God, we have a week to figure out how to do this. So we will do this as, uh, we'll do it live on the forum. So that oh, Cole yeah. is following up with them and talking to them. And we will bounce back that counterpoint of... Because originally it was going to be Cole live and then Lauren and Cagliostro updating on the email because she would be there too. And it would be a race against time. Um, and so we had to... And, and actually, that ended up being so successful that that's how we did every other air quote live event from that point on. <laughs> Where someone would be like, I'm I'm logging into the forum and I'll update you as things I'll happen. Update Mark. Yeah. <laughs> I'll update you. I'll be right back. BRB. But it was, BRB. I mean, to, yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, that it was a, a bit of a godsend having something like that because it meant that all of a sudden the imagination took over instead of production values or instead of worrying about... I mean, the live events were so stressful. <laughs> we did them. <laughs> My God. Like, okay, well, I, I don't now have to travel in the freezing cold to wherever I can, you know, we can imagine yeah. that we're there. We know we've been there and all that sort of stuff, but I, I know what the, the layout of it is. All their imaginary places, so it doesn't really matter. Um, it just makes it so much, or made it so much easier. Absolutely. And also not having to hope against hope that the thing you hid in a book two weeks ago is still there, <laughs> still there. <laughs> while everyone's watching. Oh, uh, God. And yeah, then that I, was... I think that's also, I mean, that's when, but I think what we tried to do instead of just, oh, it's just going to be the forum, and I know this is coming for later on, add a little bit of uh, something else. So that's why we, we introduced more of the audio stuff so that it felt like there was a way you could eavesdrop in or, or, or uh, hear the story unfold. Absolutely. Rather, you, weren't, you weren't seeing it on a live video cam like you were in the first, uh, second phase. First phase. Right. First phase, yeah. Um, in, the, in the third and fourth, for example, we used a lot more audio because we, I think we got a lot happier with the process of creating different stuff, and it was, yeah. Right. And I think so, too, that we got that idea from that everyone loved eavesdropping on Cagliostro and Lauren. And so we wanted to figure yeah. out more ways to do that because that was you felt like a spy. You felt like yeah. a hero. You know, you were the one who knew more than everyone else. Um, and so what's interesting is I don't think we ever told the Mountaineers that they didn't get uh, a piece of this puzzle. They never solved a part of this. And we just let it go because time was running out and Cole had to go to the library because <laughs> the performance was on January, a hard embolc yeah. Eve, January 31st. Yeah, so we had bites. to get this done. <laughs> right. And that's another reason Fragment 8 was uh, four hours long was because we needed to get to the finale. And this was a point where, I'm going to pause that, because this was a point where we were, we three, were mentally exhausted. Yeah. yeah there yeah. was no more gas in the tank. No. And, <laughs> and, and the idea of letting it go past January 31st, we had talked about that where we said, oh, well, let's just let them, you know, as they solve it, they solve it. And then by February, we're like, we cannot let that happen. We have to be done. I need time. And we, we took yeah. almost a month off after phase two. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and spent a lot of time like, how can we survive 
the next two phases. Like, what like, can oh, we do first? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Which is right. I mean, you yeah. know, if you well, got yeah, a... you need. That was because if, <laughs> if you've got to feed people, you need to make sure that you're feeding yourself as well. Yeah, you know I mean? if you're the train. Yeah, if you're the uh, the engineer it's, on the it's train, be as metaphors and analogies as possible. Go on, go on, go on. Let me think of another one. Let me think of another one. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. You have to put the mo- oxygen mask on yourself before anyone else. <laughs> if you're the squirrel, no, I don't. If you're the squirrel, you've got to make sure that yeah. you're not set, amazing. You're something. <laughs> oh my god. So. So what they didn't get was in the triptych puzzle, as the chrono compass became revealed and they solved the puzzles, they found the names of these four books. And Cole realized those books were in the Red Room at the Morgan Library, and that's where this next Ackerley Green novel would be. But what... um, Oh, Seven Cradle Songs. Seven Cradle Songs was the book they were looking for. I just remembered. Um, That's right. But those little marks... Oh, I should know that because I've just been... um, playing with some of the music and Seven Cradle Songs was one of those oh. Oh, I yeah, chose yeah. to put on my YouTube channel. I was like, oh no, I really oh. like this piece of music. And so anyone, and can you give the domain for that right now? Your your URL? Uh, no, I can't. <laughs> oh, that's right. It's... I, have to, I have to get 100 subscribers to get a URL. I'm like, I'm 76. I'm on 76. Oh, nice. We're almost there. We're almost there. <laughs> and You're so close. I can name the channel something. Okay, so I will also post, we'll post the URL for Simon's uh, YouTube channel in the show notes too, so we can get you over 100. Um, So yeah, so the one thing they didn't do are these little notches appeared on the chrono compass. And what was meant to happen was you could, I think, overlay with the Crimson Hall, there was this idea that it was hexagonal and using the locations of those books would sort of triangulate where Seven Cradle Songs was in the Red Room so that you could help Cole find it. And so because you didn't solve that, we never said this, but it's one of the consequences of them not fully solving a puzzle where 50% of it was like, oh, screw it, we'll just let it go. But the other 50% was, well, let's make it harder for Cole because they didn't find it. Yeah. Because they didn't tell him the exact location. And so that's why he had a full-on confrontation with Lauren. It's why Lauren ended up with the book and Cole didn't. And it's why she set the room on magical fire before disappearing and almost killed Cole. But we never told you guys why that's hap- why that happened. But that's sort of this thing Simon and I are working on called responsive fiction, where you may not know, it's not a choose your own adventure where you can flip back and see what your other decision would have been, but there are dire things that happen and you never know if it's because of your choices or not. Yeah. And the the fact that you choose or, or even if you don't know uh, that you're playing a certain or for a certain game or trying to achieve a certain uh, unlock something if that doesn't happen that makes our decision in writing the next chapter or the next part okay that's where we're going because that's a decision that's been made even subconsciously or consciously which is kind of interesting i think i think so too and it, this was one of my i was jumping out of my skin because this was a moment where nothing had gone better than this fragment up until this point where to be coal to be writing coal on the forum and then also i think you guys were doing something i can't remember but i had to man updating lauren's emails and cole's form at the time yeah i think it was because it was like a weird day and but it was i think yeah i think so i think i was i was i I think you were out of town maybe i think you may have been out of town but because we needed to hustle it just had to happen on that day but it was so rewarding to see 
I'm posting something as Cole and I'm in danger and they see where Lauren is emailing Cagliostro and he's writing back saying someone's in the library with you. You have to move to this corner. I can't go in the library because it messes with magic, but I can email you. And everyone freaking out <laughs> that this fictional character was in danger. Yeah. And they were like, quickly, we have to like transcribe what Lauren said and warn Cole to. And so I ended up padding that mission out like 200% because it was going so well where I kept like, okay, I'm still looking. And then I would take like five minutes, 10 minutes. So they would stress about what was happening. And I remember in these moments like this, because it stresses me out too, I'll go and like put dishes in the dishwasher. Because <laughs> otherwise you just... I'm just like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and so that. they're freaking out and I'm in the other room. Like I'm like, you know, swiffering. Um, so, Looking after the dogs. <laughs> right, yeah. I gave up my pet, took him for a walk. So, so then Lauren sets the room on fire. She gets the book. And you don't hear from Cole, I think it was for like half an hour. And then um, he pops up and says, she got the book, but I pocketed the spell that was inside of it. And it says it's to Deirdre. And it was the letter, it was the spell. And so right on the high of that mission, which I felt was a really big success, everyone then decided to perform that spell mm. that that day, I think it yeah. was. Um, uh, so we, we'll get into that next week, but... This was a moment, like I said, where it felt like, oh, okay, we, we're doing something. I think also this is this is a kind of a moment where all those strands that we'd set out kind of now fully cross because Deirdre becomes even less of a kind of character to one side. Absolutely. fully part of, because of her relationship with Cole, is yeah. now fully sort of uh, part of the interactive stuff. Right. It feels much and, more and, cohesive, I think. Right, and Clue, she provided in her copy of the journal is yeah. what got the the Mountaineers to the Morgan Library, yeah. who got Lauren where she was. And I, I was I wrote down some notes because it was interesting, exactly what you said, which is we had Cagliostro and Lauren, we had Cole and Deirdre, and we had Martin and the Mountaineers because they finally started interacting with Martin in the forum. And all six of those threads sort of came together on this mm. mission and the next one. And um, it was interesting. We had a lot of new people at that point. And so... A lot of people came in from an ad right at that time. And so they thought that this is what it was like every week. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and so I think we had some disappointed mountaineers. It was interesting. We had a big, huge flood of numbers and then like a trickling down a little bit as it settled. Because yeah. not only did we take a month off after CAG's performance, but also the next one was another sort of paper craft, little tiny, like, let's just, yeah. let's, let's start slow back into phase three so that we can manage it. I'm trying to think, are there any, I, I didn't ask questions for this, but any sort of memories of this or, or interesting anecdotes? I don't know. I just loved Lauren's turn as a character. It went in a completely different direction than we had originally well, intended. Exactly. I think we talked about this in the last episode, the fact that, there are characters that we thought would be tiny, minor parts that then became massively, massively significant because of um, responsive fiction, because people responded well to them. We thought, okay, we've got to use these characters, Martin being one, Lauren being another. And I don't think at this point, I don't think we decided what happened to her. In fact, I think at this point she was going to die. She was a sacrificial lamb. She was, was going to die. That, that decision about what happens in... Uh, fragment eight 
I'm pretty sure we hadn't made that at this point. We wanted well, to, we wanted everyone to yeah. kind of love her so right. that we could have a we could have a death, and right. kind of which we kind of do, but not the death we're expecting. Yeah, and we had the audio was almost done, but we had gone back and forth about that, and then I think it was right as the success of this fragment, yeah. we decided, okay, we know what we have to do with her. And yeah. here's another interesting thing is that I was recently, very recently, I'm trying not to give anything away, looking at some documents about <laughs> the the future of Ackerley Green and realized there was a reference to coal. And in the original outline, this was supposed to be a massive success, this mission, the end of phase two. Remember, there was a kind of heist. Um, we were going to have the book and it was a big success. And then Cole was going to hand it off and talk to the Mountaineers on live video, sort of like Facebook video. And we were going to stage this event where Cole was kidnapped by the silver and was, was not be, seen again. And it was going to be at a, wasn't it a house showing or something? A, a, it was a, like a, an, uh, an open house because they found the, the book was part, uh, was being used as a staging of this, uh, staging, yeah. this apartment, this penthouse. And yeah. they were going to have to, Deirdre and Cole were going to have to infiltrate it and steal the book. Which I'm guessing would have been your penthouse. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, sure. My, my multi-level penthouse. Your... Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> and so, and so then Cole was going to be kidnapped and that was it. But that was another mm. thing we did not anticipate. We knew Cole and Deirdre would be friendly and flirtatious, but we didn't know how much the Mountaineers would root for that. Because I'm yeah. really, really reticent of throwing in romance when it's not needed. And I didn't it's know. It's yeah, horrible. it's just like, I don't need to be shooed. Right, like Deirdre's whole life is upended. <laughs> I doubt the last thing yeah. she's thinking about right now is like, but who can I date? Um <laughs> <laughs> it's the first thing on her mind right Everyone. absolutely oh, yeah, she's if still only. She, if only i know all this is going on and this journal's giving me migraines but uh um, magic and it's real but, you know, i wish i could have a boyfriend <laughs> but uh because that was such a positive response and people were sort of like shipping them i wanted i'm like well we at least need to explore this because i liked mm. the idea of them being flirty and romantic and then Cole to take her this document, which he does at the end of phase two, he has to admit everything to her that he knew her before that he knew about her, that magic and this and that, and they've been talking about her and jeopardize the warmth and, and sort of flirtation that they had established. And what we, what I had set up here too, but didn't, we didn't pay off until phase four was that, um, that Cole was also trans and so mm-hmm. when, and Cole had sort of hinted at this a few times, not hinted in, in, in the idea that he was keeping it a secret, but just because he didn't know the Mountaineers. He didn't know these people. But also, yeah, I mean, the, the change for his character is a theme throughout his stuff. Is absolutely. Called, I'm not the only thing that changed. So we definitely yeah. s- seeded that throughout. But you're absolutely right. right. It was never, never out there. And, and so whenever he says, I have to go tell her about this now, I have to go tell her everything. He sort of had to come clean yeah. because if there was ever going to be a chance at them even being friends, he would, she would have to know everything. Um, and so that for but me, think, go ahead. I think what that's for me, though, as I, as I think we've discussed before, that makes uh, his storyline just so much more believable. And it doesn't become another tropey oh, um, this character's trans and we're going to reveal... Oh, oh that it was a big twist, just, yeah. That it was a big twist. It's like, no, this isn't... We're not doing this to as a, as a 
as a device or something to kind of or to be almost, woke you know to sort yeah, of oh we exactly. need representation just, or yeah no 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 it's, it's that, that this is this person's reality it's their character and actually because of the way it turned out that reveal as it were became much more i don't know just it became more realistic it became more part of a part of the story we want to tell yeah and yeah, just much more every day, I guess. Right. And absolutely. And by the time he mentioned it, what was interesting, we're getting way ahead. But when he mentioned it in his message, it was an aside to a real revelation that he remembered yeah. something about magic from his childhood and his bad relationship mm. with his father. And then it was this side thing. And the Mountaineers at this point loved Cole and rallied mm. against him and offered him support. And 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 some of our sort of like non-binary and trans Mountaineers yeah. felt like they had a a person in, you know, a friend, uh, someone who they could connect with in an even, even deeper level. And that was... And I think that's that's what's really interesting is that our audience is incredibly uh, welcoming, incredibly diverse. And what is fascinating to me is that we had attracted uh, non-binary and uh, trans people into the world before we had revealed a trans character. And yet we always plan to have that character there. I think it's fascinating that... I don't know. I don't know how it happened. I don't either. I and I got goosebumps about it right now. <laughs> yeah. And I think about it all the time that we attracted this, these people who commonly feel like we did growing up on the outside, yeah, yeah. on the outside. Yeah. And so I've thought mm-hmm. a lot about, I know that in the end of the day, it just is what it is. But I try to think logistically about like, what was mm-hmm. it about the magic verse that attracted people who felt like. And I think it's the, I think at the end of the day, this whole thing was like, do you believe something that no one else believes? Do you see the world in a way no one else sees it? Well, you're welcome here. And I think that was kind of the the almost accidental message. I mean, we always felt that, but that's not really how we pitched it. And so we found, you know, we, we put our tribe together of people who are like, yeah, 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 I agree. This world is not the way it should be. And let's work to make it more magical. <laughs> the phrase that comes to mind is incredibly inappropriate, which is magic first. It's kind of yeah. magic first. It's magic first. Yeah. It's magic first. And everything else kind of comes out of that. And it's right. In, in that world, why wouldn't you be welcoming and embracing of and, and, and inclusive of every right. uh, kind of person? Yeah, I love it. I think it's fantastic yeah, it's and kind of... it was unexpected and wholly awesome. And uh, yeah, so um, yeah, so that was an interesting thing with Cole. And I felt like him getting kidnapped was so much less interesting than exploring the consequences and possibly the development of Cole and Deirdre in phases three and four. And so that was like a linchpin of the following phases. And another reason we mm. took a month off was because we threw <laughs> we threw a it. ton of stuff out. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this is not going to work now. Right. Um, and then, and that like led us to, well, what, so she will feel betrayed by Cole a little about the whole thing, just in shock. And what can we do? And that's when we sort of made phase three for her kind of like road trip. Instead of yeah. see, keeping her in New York, we decided let's send her around the world to sort of follow this path. This It's interesting. This happens a lot where we promise things like the path of silver, the path of wool, and we just are creating content. So whenever it comes time to figure out what Deirdre can do, we're like, oh, we wrote this thing <laughs> called the path of wool and the path of silver. <laughs> she should walk that path. It seems like oh, yeah, just as many times we set something up purposely to pay off so many other things happen where we we come up with an idea at the spur of the moment and it becomes the like 
core of a phase for three months. But I'll tell you why I think we're able to do that, um, particularly you and I, and, and, and Johnny, I would say as well. But for you and I, being so entrenched in the shape and structure of story and having some improv experience, you know that you can wander because you know that the overarching arc mm-hmm. is always there. Wherever you take them, the beats are always going to be the same, as in the feeling that they create. Yeah. And that means that you've got your you know, thing to tether you to the ground. It's That's so funny there. you said that. I was thinking I, it's the kite metaphor. It's like, let's mm. explore all these different parts of the sky because we know where it's going to end up. We know we have this grounding element, which is, like you said, our experience and story and improv and theater. And also mm. that we, I felt like we had a really strong core concept. And so we could wander in each phase because we knew where we were roping them back into. And we were also open to say like, yeah, okay, we like that more. Screw it. Let's, uh, let's do your thing. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So next week we are going to be talking about Fragment 8, which was uh, literally hours long. <laughs> but we're going to dedicate most of um, Episode 8 to uh, the end of Phase 2 and the Cagliostro's performance. The Cagliostro. Final performance. My finest performance. <laughs> Final and finest. And I, I, I remember sending you audio, like you sending me audio of Cags, me sending you audio of Mia's Martin sort of panting and running around the kitchen. <laughs> this is some of my favorite because you clearly are I was so dizzy. I got so dizzy. <laughs> um, so that'll be fun. But we're getting yeah, ahead we're getting of ahead ourselves. ourselves. So yeah. we'll tell you that again and, and pretend like you're hearing it for the yeah. first time. So um, we, we are getting um, some new, I don't know where they're from, but we're getting new readership. We're getting new members trickling in from somewhere. I'm not sure. So if it's from this podcast and this seems interesting to you, you should go to accurlygreen.com and check it out. There's a sort of like beginner sort of magic verse thing to catch you up to speed and you can join the forum and and meet our amazing readership and um, and get involved. There's lots of cool stuff to do, creative writing things and role play and um, hanging out with other cool like-minded people. Um, and also, if you get super invested, you can go to patreon.com slash green and if you contribute to Patreon, you can get episodes of this early. You can get involved in, in pre-show hangouts and after shows and blah, 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 all sorts of cool stuff. So check that out. And until uh, next week, um, hope you have a wonderful one. Bye, Simon. Bye. <laughs>